the NFL draft is less than two weeks away, which means there is still time for us to learn about how NFL teams view Ohio State football players that will be selected in this year's NFL draft. Today, the Chicago Bears are up because there are numerous Buckeye players that are on their radar that they might select with a number nine pick in this year's NFL draft. You are Locked On Buckeyes, your daily podcast on the Ohio State Buckeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Buckeye fans? Welcome back to another episode of Locked On Buckeyes for the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jay Stevens, also the host of the Jay Stevens Podcast. It is Wednesday, April 19th in the year 2023, and I want to thank you for making lots of Buckeyes your first listener, first watch of every single day. During this episode, we welcome to the show Mr. Lauren Cox. Lauren is the host of Locked on Bears. Lauren and I will discuss how the Chicago Bears view Paris Johnson Jr., Jackson Smith and Jigba, even C.J. Stroud and Dewan Jones as well. Four talented Buckeyes, four talented players, and I cannot wait to see how the Bears view these players in the upcoming NFL. L draft. This is a fun show. I love doing the crossover. Lauren and I did a show when the Bears selected Justin Fields a few years ago. It's possible Lauren and I would do some shows after the draft because there's a good chance the Bears select a Buckeye in the upcoming NFL draft. And joining us now here on Locked on Buckeyes is the host of Locked on Bears. We have done a couple shows previously, especially when the Bears drafted Justin Fields. We'll do some more this offseason, just current draft stuff and then some stuff in the future with Buckeyes that are playing in Chicago. It's Lauren Cox. Lauren, welcome to Locked on Buckeyes. Hey, thanks for having me. I, I always feel like on these college shows, I got to say Locked on Chicago Bears, not Locked on Baylor Bears. That's a different podcast. Good point. Good point. Forgot all about that. But there are numerous teams with the mascot Bears, and they got to specify which team we're talking about. The team is the Chicago Bears. They are they currently have the number nine pick in the upcoming NFL draft. Um, that was a trade that they got via the Carolina Panthers. And at number nine, there's a couple Buckeyes that I believe are going to be available. I don't believe they'll be off the board just yet. Paris Johnson Jr., Jackson Smith, and Jig. But we recently did a show with Locked On Titans talking about the Titans possibly drafting one of these guys. And Lauren, when it comes to the Bears, they're going to have the first option to draft either in Jigba or Paris Johnson Jr. What do you think the Bears will get if they get either one of these two guys? Yeah, I think both guys are definitely high on their radar. I mean, certainly don't know their full draft order or anything, but going to be in, in strong consideration. And I think in either case, you're getting – a top 10 type of talent in this draft, a guy who can step in at either position and be a day one starter. And I think that's what's so critical for Jackson Smith and Jigba, especially because, you know, they just got DJ Moore from the Carolina Panthers in the trade down to go with Darnell Mooney and Chase Claypool as their top three wide receivers. It's a, it's a big upgrade at that position, but I think Jackson Smith and Jigba is maybe the one wide receiver in this draft that I feel the most sure can step in day one and take snaps away from those three guys that I mentioned. Like a lot of the other receivers in this draft, there's a lot to like, and there's a lot of potential and a lot of ceiling there, but they've got, they've got flaws here and there. And you're, you wonder like, 
Will they be more like the number four receiver who rotates in? But I think right away, Jackson Smith and Jigba would become the Bears' top slot receiver and a guy who can push. I'm not going to say he would be a thousand yard receiver as a rookie, but we saw like Amon Ross St. Brown of the Detroit Lions play a similar role. I think he was like 900 or so yards as a rookie and then a thousand yards in his second year. Like, I think if you're drafting JSN top 10, like ninth overall, that's the type of production you'd be looking for and expecting. And I think he's got the, the skill set to do it. I mean, the only downside to me is, is the lack of like top end speed, like 40 yard dash type of run away from everybody. But I don't need him to be that fast when he's such a good route runner. He's explosive and quick, good hands and strong physical, like in the lower body, like he can take the hits and bounce off and keep going. Like that's everything I want in a wide receiver to add to this bears offense. And then Paris Johnson. I mean, the Bears can either throw him at left tackle as their day one starter and move their current left tackle to right tackle, or they've got the big hole at right tackle. We know Paris Johnson played right guard before at Ohio State. He's got the versatility. You can throw him over at right tackle and feel like a guy who is already playing really well and can still get so much better with a lot of freakish tools there too. Let's go receiver first because that's the first guy you kind of went in-depth on with Jackson Smith and Jigba. You say top 10 talent, top 10 guy. Most of the places I have seen, he's going – Top 15 is the highest, probably between 15 and 20 and 20 to 25. It's probably the sweet spot where I see him going based off the different mock drafts that I am seeing. Top 10 talent, yes, but some are hesitant for the injury, and I understand it. Some are hesitant because they think he's limited on the football field. It doesn't sound like those things are limitations to you, Lauren, when it comes to the draft, the Bears drafting him at number nine overall. Yeah, I saw enough in 2021 to know like this guy is special, like there's something special about him. And it just feels like the more people talk about JSN and especially like, we've heard was it, I think it was Brian Hartline, the, the Ohio State wide receivers coach or somebody was in an interview and like asked to like rank the Ohio State wide receivers he's coached. And he had JSN above Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave from last year. It and was Hartline. Yeah, yeah, it was. And Bears fans were falling over themselves to try and get Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson last year. So I don't know. I don't know why there's a, there is a hesitation among Bears fans for JSN. I think it's mostly because they trade they traded for DJ Moore and have Mooney and Claypool. It's less. It's more about feeling like they have really big needs at offensive line and defensive line that really need to be filled. And wide receiver is would be a little bit more of a luxury. But for me, you can never have too many good wide receivers for a young quarterback. We've seen adding wide receivers make change wonders for Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts. And, and many other quarterbacks in recent years that like it, it's so worth it to me. And, and I, I do see him as a top 10 talent because I, I he has like that Amon Ross St. Brown or that Cooper cup ability to just get open. Give me guys that get open, have a knack for getting open and can make some plays after the catch. I don't, I don't care that he's not the fastest receiver in the league. And as far as durability goes, like he, when, at least in 2021, when you see him on the field, like he's, he's thick in the lower yeah. half. Like, yes. he can, like, he, he's got strength in his legs. So I'm not worried about him. Like, I mean, obviously injuries can happen to anybody, but in terms of like his build being more prone to that, cause he's not huge. Right. But like, I, I'm not really all that concerned. Like to me, if I can get a wide receiver at the ninth overall pick that I think could be a thousand yard guy out of the slot that complements my offense really well. And, and is a security blanket to Justin Fields, like sign me up for that every time. I think a lot of Buckeye fans would be with you and say, sign them up for that every time because the Buckeyes want to play with Buckeyes in the NFL. Um, recently talked to um, Tyler Rowland, Locked on Titans, and talked about how the Titans could draft back-to-back offensive linemen um, and back to offensive linemen and back-to-back drafts coming up for them. And it'd be great for the Bears if they had a quarterback in Justin Fields who didn't throw the ball very much, very often too, um, in Jigba in 2020. 
However, he still has thrown footballs to him, and he knows the kind of type of caliber of player, receiver, person that Njigba is. And so even though there were limits, uh, there were limited times that they threw the ball together playing pitch and catch in 2020, ultimately they could uh, make that a whole lot better, get a full season together, and say, oh, look, we didn't do much back then, but, buddy, we could do a lot during your rookie year here with the Chicago Bears. Yeah, it's like, even though, yeah, like, like you said, even though they didn't, we weren't on the field in like regular season games a ton, like all of that practice time and being in meetings together, like that's just accelerating that connection. Like they start farther ahead when they get into the NFL, right? Compared to any other rookie, even though they weren't on the field as much together, just knowing each other, having that sort of like person to person chemistry, I think can just make that learning curve that much faster for a quarterback and wide receiver getting on the same page. And, and one other thing I want to throw in quick about wide receivers for the bears. Yeah. I just did a podcast last week where the Bears had a, a put out a video on their YouTube channel of like a behind the scenes and they're talking about their analytics department and they flashed up a board that listed each position on the team and what they view as the critical factors at each position on their team. And for wide receiver, it listed release, route running and separation, and then hands and ball skills. And I think Jack, Jackson Smith and Jigba really fits like all three of those critical factors that the Bears have identified at wide receiver. Doesn't mean they're going to draft him, but I think it check, it's another one of those boxes being checked into like analytics department will like JSN and that helps too. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. The NBA playoffs are almost here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because new customers get a no-sweat-first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat-first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Another player that uh, at Ohio State who is an option at number nine, and I still believe will be on the board at number nine, is Paris Johnson Jr. Now, I mentioned earlier that I've seen a lot that Njigba will probably not go off the board until the picks number 15 through 25 in this year's draft. I'm not saying it won't happen that he'll be drafted at number nine. These are just the mock drafts that I have seen. I've seen a lot more mock drafts either have Paris Johnson, Paris Johnson Jr. going 9 to the Bears or 11 to the Titans. A lot more say 11 to the Titans. But just as you say, Njig was a top 10 talent, I think Paris Johnson Jr. is one of those guys that as we get closer to the draft, we're going to hear more positive things about him. We're going to hear people um, rave about him as he's going on these top 30 visits, rave about him, not just his football acumen, but his brain and just the type of human being that he is. If you can get that guy, a good guy, a football guy at left tackle who has the fluid feet, who is great in pass pro, you bring him in and you get somebody to protect the blind side of Justin Fields. To me, Lauren, that sounds like a win-win for the offense of the Bears, for Justin Fields, but also for Paris Johnson Jr. as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, as, as we've gone through this process, I, I've gone, gone back and forth on whether I thought, like, Paris Johnson is the receiver that – or the receivers, the offensive line that would fit what the Bears want, or, or whether it's Broderick Jones from from Georgia. In terms of like the Bears GM Ryan Poles has generally been pushing for 
smaller, lighter offensive linemen that are more agile. And so, like, it, to some extent, like, you know, Paris Johnson is humongous, right? He's, you know, 6'6", six, six, 313 pounds. And I think, you know, Broderick Jones comparatively is a, just a little bit smaller, but not, not a ton smaller. But, but I also think, like, Paris Johnson with those long arms, the Bears really do value the length there, and they value the foot quickness. And, and I just think there, there's something about him that strikes me as, as a Chicago Bears offensive tackle, the kind of player that they would really like at that spot. I mean, you mentioned you mentioned how things kind of keep coming out about him. I just learned that he was a what a 4.0 student in high school and is fluent in Mandarin Chinese and like graduated college, got a degree, his bachelor's degree in like three years at Ohio yeah, State. Like yeah. while being a football player, it's like really, really impressive stuff. And yes, those things don't make him a better offensive tackle specifically, but it, it tells you about the kind of player the Bears are going to draft or, or would, would be drafting in him. And I, and I just think that combination of skill sets really would align himself well with the types of players that the Bears are pursuing organizationally. Plus you add in the ability, the more, I think more confidence in him to be able to play the right side or even have to shift inside to guard. And also understanding that he's still relatively new at, at these positions. I mean, played what, a full season, of right guard ish, and then a full season at left tackle, like to be able to just put him in one spot and let him learn there for a couple seasons and really master that muscle memory at one spot. You can see where he already played at a really high level this year at Ohio state. That's why he might be the first tackle taken in this draft, or at least one of the first few. And you feel like, wow, he can, he still has a lot to learn and can still get better. Like he's got both the floor and I think the high ceiling there that gets you excited about him as someone who can be a potential pro bowl player down the line with some rare physical traits too. You know, you mentioned something that's been on my mind for a while and it's why uh, something I think about a lot. We hear a lot about how quarterbacks and how quarterback might have a different offensive coordinator, maybe two and three years or four and four years. And it kind of stunts the growth in the maturing process of them as a pro or maybe even in college. The same goes for a player that plays one position one year, not the position they came into play, but then comes back the next year, plays the position they came to play, but only got a one year at each position. So you're not getting back-to-back years of them fixing the weaknesses, strengthening the weaknesses, strengthening their strengths at the position that they're probably going to play at the next level. You think two or three, one two-year starter, great. But only one year at left tackle. If he goes to the Bears and he is a fixture at left tackle or maybe even right tackle for the Bears, but that's his spot, not going anywhere. And you get years two, year three, year four. Yeah, we know the floor, but that ceiling might get busted really quickly as far as what people project him to be. Because if you get a guy that's working at his position in the ways that we think Perry Johnson Jr. will work on his craft in the National Football League, Buddy, that's going to be exciting to see what he does once he's a consistent starter at one spot in the in the NFL. Yeah, I think that's so critical, especially when you think about where he struggles right now. You know, like one of the things that stand out to me is in terms of like he's got the quick feet, but sometimes they go a little bit all over the place. And sometimes yeah. they're almost like like happy feet, like he's moving them too much and not just like setting them a little bit more and getting a good firm base. And he loses some power as a result of that. And I can totally understand, you know, going from right guard on the inside. First of all, you're switching sides of the offensive line, but also going from the interior to the outside. It's in your head like, okay, I'm going up against faster pass rushers. Mm -hmm. I got to get out of my stance and get over mm -hmm. there. I better move my feet even more quickly. And it's like, so I think the areas in which he struggled are some of the things that you can associate with the position change. It's like, okay, yeah. once, you, once he gets another full year of like, okay, you're being asked to do the same thing you were now. Now we can take those new things that you just had to learn how to do and get better at doing those specific things. Like it seems like he's one of these offensive tackle prospects with a really clear path towards improvement, right? It's not like you have to 
break down his whole technique and restart from the ground up and really reteach him how to how to use his hands and you know how to where he's how his stance is supposed to be it to me it's just cleaning up the things that a, a new left tackle still has to kind of get used to doing that is different than how he was being asked to do it at guard because I didn't think we saw some of the same problems in terms of the feet that way at guard at right guard it was, it's, the hands were a little bit different but yeah you know I, I think so much of that is based on the position and not just like an inherent problem that he has mentally like a bad habit that he's going to have no matter where you put him Lauren last thing here about Paris Johnson Jr. we talk about speculating if he'll be an option at number nine if he's available I'm going to give you two well three guys the tackle you mentioned from Georgia Paris Johnson Jr. Peter Skaronsky if all three guys are available at number nine who do you think the Bears draft yeah, I'm. This is this is tough. I I don't think it's gonna be Peter Skaronsky. I, I I think the team that drafts him should give him a chance at offensive tackle. I think he'll be a great guard. I think they should try him at tackle. I don't think the Bears are gonna be that team that is willing to to do that. I think they value length at the offensive tackle position a little bit too much, and that's where I lean Paris Johnson because I think Broderick Jones from Georgia also has very good feet, but has some. A similar sort of hand issues and, and bends a little bit too much at the waist, but his arms are a little bit shorter. And I don't think he's quite as like, he, like he's more of like a, an off, like he looks like a tight end moving out in space, but there's something about Paris Johnson's ability to recover in short areas that like he, he's been able to rely on his athleticism to make up more for his technique failures. Whereas I feel like Broderick Jones has, has great athletic ability, but it's more of like a longer athletic ability in terms of like getting out in space, moving, like pulling in the running game or, you know, first getting out of a stance, whereas Paris Johnson's short area athletic ability seems a little bit more effective and refined. And I, and I think I, it, it's really, it's really tight between the two of them. It's nitpicking, but I'd probably say Paris Johnson, but I can easily see the Bears saying, no, Broderick Jones fits. He's just a little bit smaller and maybe just a little bit more of a, you know, in, the, in their outside zone running game, maybe a little bit more of that, but, I certainly find myself definitely preferring Paris Johnson between the two. Let's add another Buckeye into the equation, but still similar, same topic with the number nine pick. I said last Paris Johnson Jr. topic or question, but this popped into my head. So Paris Johnson Jr., Broderick Jones, they're both available, available at number nine. So is Jackson Smith and Jigba. So with those three players there, do you are you is your thought process going more towards in Jigba or still more so Broderick Jones or Paris Johnson Jr. with that ninth pick? Yeah, I had this situation. We did a we did a lockdown podcast network mock draft. We had all of our NFL hosts get on, and and this very same thing was on the board for me. It's like, man, do I take do I take the wide receiver? Do I take the offensive tackle? There's a couple of pass rushers you might consider here for the Bears, and even even maybe a cornerback. I I went with Jackson Smith and Jigba because okay. because I felt like I don't think the other wide receivers in this draft class quite check all the boxes that JSN does, and I still feel like I can get a good offensive tackle later, you know, in the second round, even if I move up in the second round, I think there's, yes, there's a lot of depth for this wide receiver class, but for me, I either want a wide receiver. That's a difference maker. That's going to crack this bears rotation right away because he's so good. Or I want to wait and take a wide receiver to develop at the end, but I don't want to take a mess second round wide receiver. That's going to sort of struggle to find playing time. I don't want to use a, that high of a pick on a player at wide receiver, unless he's really going to crack the lineup. And I feel like, well, Paris Johnson and these other tackles are, clearly better than some of the second round offensive tackles. There are more just position wise tackles. I can get in that range that I feel good about. than there are wide receivers that I'm willing to use that pick on. Another offensive tackle, not Paris Johnson jr. Uh, continuing that conversation is going towards 
the six foot eight, 360 weight in, 375 mammoth human being that is Dewan Jones. I believe you mentioned that he came in recently for a top 30 visit. Now, I don't believe he's going to be a first-round pick. He will be an option at number nine. He would not be off the board. I don't believe he's um, going to be drafted that high. But second round, maybe? Third round, maybe? I, I don't know the draft order for the Bears off the top of my head. But Dewan Jones, bringing him in for a top 30 visit is amazing. But also possibly adding him, I think he's a right tackle. And I do think at the next level, if you give him some time to simply play two, three, four years starting at that position, we could see more about, hey, this guy's fixing some of his weaknesses, and he can be a fixture at that position on the Bears' offensive line. Right. That's one of the things I was sort of hinting at, right? It's like I could take JSN at nine and probably still get Dewan Jones in the second or third <laughs> round and feel like he's not as good as Paris Johnson, but he's a guy that I would feel comfortable with even being a week one starter at right tackle on this team. And maybe he's not going to be as good as Johnson will be, but that's that's okay. I'm getting still a second or third round pick. As far as where the Bears pick, they have they have three picks between 53 and 64. And because because the Dolphins had to sacrifice a pick, 64 is the first pick of the third round. So they got two late seconds and then the first pick of the third round. And that's that's right about the range where Dewan Jones is. There's a number of these like consensus big boards that like take everybody's big boards and kind of identify where guys are going and look at average mock draft position. And Dewan Jones right now is his average rank is around like 40-ish. So there's a chance he doesn't even make it all the way to 53 where the Bears' second-round pick is, but you see quite a bit of range on these guys as you get later into the draft right now. So he, some places will have him go to the third, some places will have him go to the second, but I think definitely no later than the third round for him. And personally, like, seeing him in person at the Senior Bowl this year, he only did one day of practice, but he was so dominant against every single player he went up against. I, I mean, I was sitting there talking to other people, he's like, he looked like a first-round pick to me. I don't think he's going to go in the first round, but, like, when a guy is 6'8", 375, and can still move pretty darn well for that size and shut down everybody he goes against, I can easily see an NFL team falling in love with that and feeling like there is Pro Bowl potential there. Like, it, maybe it's not there right away, and maybe he never gets there, but, like, it's it's there. You, you don't build guys. You, you just don't find guys that are that big, but still, like, move well. And it's, it's a relative move well, right? He's not quick-footed. He's not fast. He's not going to fool anybody in that regard. But he's not like so slow that he's never going to be able to keep up with speed guys in the NFL. I think he knows he's slow. And so he can he sets and, and maybe oversets sometimes, gets far out in advance, knowing that guys are going to try and take the corner on him. And then he can know like if I overset them, they're going to try and go inside of me. So he can stay like one step ahead. Like I'm going to try and go farther outside to force you to go inside. And then I'll be ready when you're trying to make an inside move to be able to stop you there. So like it it works for him. And I was surprised like how lean his body looked for 375 yeah. pounds. It's not a gut that was hanging out of him. He's got that mentality, it seems like, that wants to beat people up on the football field. He's a monster. We've heard, I think, um, Wisconsin edge rusher Nick Herbig, or uh, Nate Herbig, excuse me, or Nick, Nate's the Eagle, who, who I've interviewed a number of times up in Madison. Like, he's talking about Dewan Jones being the best blocker that he faced this season. Like, there's legit talent there that I feel like some team is going to be very happy with him in the second round. And I certainly, if he makes it to 53 for the Bears, I would be all over that. I'm, not sure that he will at this point, given the talent that he has. Yeah, it's one thing that I thought coming into this, he's a second or third round pick, and then all the mock drafts and people that are doing this stuff, they're saying, oh, first round guy, 25, 28. I'm like, oh my goodness, this man's jumping up the board very quickly. So he might not be there when the Bears are there in the second round. But hey, 
anything can happen. Like it could be easily be where he falls, he keeps falling, he keeps falling, then he falls into the lap of the Chicago Bears. Like, oh, we have a guy, a mammoth human being. And you mentioned how big he is. I've seen him in person as well. He's huge. And he's not like someone – like I see people that are tall, and like I get it like once you're tall. Like I see you again, it's just you're tall. Tall, yeah. like you mentioned like the no gut hanging out. I, I've never seen anybody built like him, never in my life. And I never thought he would be this player at Ohio State, but he was a lot of fun to watch. One more player, and this was something that wasn't expected. And something that I didn't think about this. I was thinking draft-specific. But I can't have Lauren Cox on the show without talking about Justin Fields. Like, I would feel like I was a bad host, like I wasn't doing my job. Justin Fields has had a lot of criticism lately. What are you thinking about him right now as far as what he's done in Chicago so far as he's been their starting quarterback? Yeah, I'm glad we've gotten through. Like, I'm glad the Bears traded down before free agency, like early in March, so we could stop the will they trade Justin Fields conversation. (laughs) Yeah. Because, like, I, I, I don't think it was ever going to happen. I, I do think they legitimately said, okay, we have the number one pick. We would be stupid if we didn't at least consider what these quarterbacks can do. Like if, cause if we look at these quarterbacks and think one of them is Patrick Mahomes, we would be stupid again to like, not go get this next, this next Patrick Mahomes and unfortunately move on from Justin Fields. And it wasn't about them being particularly unsatisfied with Justin Fields. It's just like, literally you've got the number one pick there are quarterbacks to look at in this draft. We got to at least do our due diligence to make sure that we're not being stupid and missing out on something that could be even better at quarterback. But I think they pretty clearly, just like the rest of us kind of looked at this quarterback class and said, there's some good quarterbacks here, but there's no Trevor Lawrence. There's no Joe Burrow. There's no, I mean, we didn't know Patrick Mahomes was Patrick Mahomes during that mm-hmm. draft. Like, mm-hmm. There's not that Andrew Luck surefire number one pick. Whoever gets him is really going to be happy with this guy quarterback. And I think they made that, that decision pretty quickly. I don't think it took till March to decide that they didn't want any of the quarterbacks in this draft. So I'm glad that we're no longer having that conversation because the bears really do value Justin Fields and believe in him and want to give him every chance to succeed. I I, I'm cautiously optimistic. I I think we're at this point right now where it feels like everyone is either all in or all out. They think he's either this past season proved he can't be a thrower in the NFL and he's just a runner and he, he's never going to be a good quarterback or He's going to be great and just wait. He's going to prove everybody wrong and be a pro bowler, be the next Jalen Hurts and win the MVP and take the Bears to the Super Bowl. And, and I find myself trying to f- carve out this middle ground of like, yeah, I think Justin Fields will be a good quarterback. I think he'll probably get a second contract from the Chicago Bears and be be their quarterback for the next, you know, five, 10 years, depending on how long his career goes. But I think there's probably a middle ground here where he's very good. He leads them to some playoffs. And and I, I like compared to you before we started like like Cam Newton like Cam Newton had an MVP season and took his yeah. team to the Super Bowl mm-hmm. but there were also plenty of seasons where it's ten wins and he throws you know twenty interceptions I don't yeah. think he was that reckless with the ball but like where he, Cam Newton is inaccurate sometimes but makes some great throws downfield mm-hmm. and is deadly with his legs like that mm-hmm. that's fairly similar to Justin Fields and I could see that kind of direct that, that kind of that kind of direction where like if you have some good players around him he can take it to the Super Bowl. And he can elevate the level of play of some players around him, but he's not, I don't, it's not realistic to expect him to be Patrick Mahomes or to be MVP caliber quarterback every season. But I also think he's shown us enough that he's not going to be this bust who never figures out how to throw in the NFL. Like he, he made some great throws this past season and showed me enough to feel like, yeah, there's something here that's definitely worth moving forward with. But if he does struggle this year, again, the bears have two first round picks next year. And I think they would consider 
looking for another quarterback if he has another season this year where he's unable to consistently throw the ball. But that's why they went out and traded for DJ Moore. It's why they're talking about drafting guys like JSN and Paris Johnson to give him the protection and the weapons to really see everything he can do before they have to make that decision. Love everything we got from Lauren Cox today, and I look forward to reaching out to him again. Let's just say the Bears draft one Buckeye or two. I'll be reaching out to him to try to get him back on the show to hear what his thoughts are about the draft selections that the Bears made in this year's draft. Guys, I love having Lauren on. Lauren, if you could, let everyone know where they can follow you on Twitter and where they can catch Locked on Bears as well. Yes, of course. Uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Cox Sports One. That's like Fox Sports One, but with a C. You can hear me five days a week on the Lockdown Bears podcast on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcasts. And also leading up to the draft throughout draft season, I'm doing some live streams for Bleacher Report on their BR app. Every Thursday, we're going live to talk Bears and draft stuff there, too. So we're having fun with it, and I really appreciate you being on the show. And certainly, when the Bears draft an Ohio State player, or if, we'll certainly have you on Lockdown Bears as well. Love it. Love everything we got, guys. You can follow me on Twitter at jstephen07. Send all of your emails to jstephen317 at gmail.com. As we keep getting closer to the draft, we'll keep reaching out to people that are part of the Locked On NFL family to bring them on Locked On Buckeyes so we can learn all about how that team views Buckeye football players and if they're an option for that NFL team in the upcoming NFL draft. Lauren Cox, thanks for coming on Locked On Buckeyes. I really appreciate it. Thanks.